Welcome to the Coach Dave Love Podcast with NBA shooting coach Dave Love and your host, Matt Robertson. Exploring the cutting edge of evidence-based shooting development in basketball today. From shooting form to skill acquisition to shot metrics. This is the Coach Dave Love Podcast. Welcome to the Coach Dave Love Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Robertson, and with me here today is NBA shooting coach Dave Love. What's going on? Not much, Matty. How are you? Ah, it's been a it's been a week. New baby, uh, just flying right now. <laughs> Love it. Um, just before I introduce our guest, I uh, want to bring back in the thought clock, uh, Dave. We have a guest, not as big of a factor today, but I still want you to keep it tidy. All right, I'll be I'll be calling out. I'll be calling out violations. So it, let's explain for new people what is the thought clock. All right, so uh, Coach Dave Love, incredible wealth of knowledge maybe has a slight urge to wander uh, into a tangent or two. So we're just trying to keep it in that in a five minute block, the audience should have learned something. And if we're getting close to a violation, I'll call him out and he'll huck something up and move on to the next, uh, on to the next topic. Does that sound good coach? Love it. Awesome. Okay. So our, uh, <laughs> our, our guest today is actually back in time. He's yesterday. Uh, this is Anthony Saparovich. And uh, he's based in Australia. What's going on today? Matt, what's going on, Dave? Good to see you. Um, there's a few corrections I need to make. One, I'm actually forward in time. It is Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday morning here at about 9.15 in the morning. So, And then the second thing is, as I said to Dave before the podcast, I don't think that anyone's called me by my first name in the basketball world for about 10 years. So Seppo from now on would be great. Um, as I said, a lot of the kids and coaches I work with wouldn't even know my first name. So I appreciate the formality, but um, yeah, just a couple of corrections early on. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Seppo, um, love you to death. I love Matt to death. Ergo, I feel like you and Matt are going to love each other and we have to. So just so we can catch people up that have no idea our dynamic, when Matt comes to Australia for the first time, what are the three of us going to do together? I know that you know what it is. Oh, my God. I knew you'd remind me about this. Uh, we have this tradition that I started when uh, it would have been, God, seven or eight years ago now when I first met Dave that I took him to my favorite Brazilian barbecue restaurant. It's all you can eat. And it is probably the best one I've ever been to in the world. They do not stop. Um, it's, it's literally meat on sticks and they're carving it off for you. And you are just by about 45 minutes in, you really don't want to eat anymore, but you're like, man, I'm not going to be here for a while. So you do the extra sort of 15 minutes and yeah, you're feeling it for about two days. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so Matt, what did you and I do on our last day in, uh, in Las Vegas for summer league this past summer? Uh Brazilian barbecue in the Miracle Mile shops. Um, just totally speaking my love language, Seppo, like I'm right there. Let's make it happen. Can't wait. I was so sad last time being in Sydney and not getting the Brazilian barbecue with my with my with my boy Seppo. So twenty twenty four, we gotta make it happen. Absolutely. All right. I'll block it off. All right, Seppo, let's jump right in. Uh, as this is my first time getting to know you, I know you and Dave have some pretty good rapport, but Give me the full lowdown from a basketball standpoint and, and otherwise, if you have some interesting stuff, but like, what are you up to? Yeah. I mean, look at all, I guess just a quick overview, two minute overview of my basketball journey. Um, 
started off as a player, played junior basketball all the way through, was good enough by the end of my high school career to go to college. Um, I went to a Division II school in New Jersey called Bloomfield um, and had a great two years there. And after two years, thought I was probably good enough to go pro. I was very wrong. <laughs> and then very quickly transitioned um, into coaching, as as most of us do, and, and sort of just got bit by the bug and did a lot of stuff at my junior association or my junior club, which is North's. Um, but then really where Dave and I met was um, I got a, a really good job at, a, at one of the big private schools in Sydney called Shaw um, and did that for sort of eight and a half years and have recently transitioned into a, a college pathways program called AUSA, where we work with the top um, female and male athletes from across the country. I've been doing it for about 18 months and we're sort of um, essentially focused on the college pathways, recruiting, education side of things and making sure that kids um, can, kids that in Australia can access um, colleges in the US. So that's a really quick two minute overview. Anthony, when when did you kind of realize that, oh, did I call you? This is the first time I called you Anthony. It's really upsetting. <laughs> Seppo, uh, when when did you start thinking about uh, coaching? Like, was it like, I'm done as a player, what am I going to do now? Or did you kind of see that on the on the horizon? I never thought I'd coach. Um, I, when I was done as a player, I probably stepped away from the game for... I would say six to 12 months and then just realized that I was, I loved it and I needed to be involved in some way. So can you give me the, like, give me the Australian NBA player archetype? Like what was your game? Oh my. Are you, I'm like a, I'm like a homeless man. Joe Ingles is sort of my, my archetype just to, for reference, but. Uh... I would say I'm a way less athletic Zion Williamson. Whoa. <laughs> Which to me is an awful basketball player because <laughs> that's kind of all he's got. So that's where I'm going to put myself. I don't Dave, think you've ever asked me this question, Matt. Why similar, body type, similar body type. Oh, that broke me. That's awesome. Thank you. I, I realize I'm going to be a, a, a homeless man's Jeff Hornacek. <laughs> oh. I feel like that's very accurate. No. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, thank you. That's refreshingly honest is what we'll go with. And I, <laughs> um, okay. So sorry, the tangent, I always kind of say that in the podcast, the magic lives in the tangent, but we can't, we can't dwell there. So, um, so Seppo, tell me, you said you were working at shore when you met Dave love, did you reach out to him? Did he reach out to you? Like, give me, just a quick snapshot of how that relationship I think, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, one of our colleagues, a guy I used to work with, Sean Roger, who was then the development manager at Barcelona New South Wales, he said, hey, look, we've, this would have been, again, probably seven or eight years ago now. He said, we've got access to an NBA shooting coach. He's going to come and run some clinics for us. Um, we're looking for a couple of other spots for him to drop in. And at the time, it was a no brainer. I mean, look, I was at the point in my coaching career where I was just hungry for information and learning and access to those sorts of um, resources. So for, for me at that particular time, it was a no brainer. Um, was that right, Dave? That That's that's how we connected. That's exactly how it happened. And, and that's kind of, I, I wanted, 
Uh, I was telling Matt before you jumped in the room here that uh, that I remember doing that first trip, and I think we did two days. We did like a morning for the juniors and a uh, afternoon for the seniors on day one and day two, if I remember correctly. And I came back the second year uh, and walked in the gym and thought, oh, wow, like these guys are actually doing this stuff. Like we're not, we're not starting from the beginning. And, yep. and I, I felt like we we're building a program, um, like a shooting development program for you guys. And, and I think that's something that a lot of schools would like to try and figure out, like, how do we really develop shooting over these three or four years that we've got players in? And I thought you were doing that. So I wanted people to hear how you were doing it. Yeah, it's a really good point. So I think that the the two things initially I want to talk about is one, you coming in, um, we needed a point of difference, really. We were, were in an eight school league um, where half the league can bring kids in on scholarships and other half can't, and we're in the half that can't do it. Um, and we got, you know, long athletic skinny white kids and it's like well what's you know what's our point of difference how can we compete at the top level so it's like we just need to be way more skilled and way better decision makers and and the biggest skill as we all know in in basketball is shooting the ball so for us creating an environment where that's our point of difference that's what we do that's our that's what we do at the next level and then really from there identifying that bringing guys like you in and then it was really one, the biggest thing, and I don't know if you remember doing this, you did a clinic with our coaches one morning. One of those two mornings, you, we, we brought the coaches in before a session. You did an hour with us, and that really empowered our coaches to have a better understanding about kind of what, what, what am I looking at trying to identify when I'm teaching a kid? You know, we all do our individual workouts with kids or in small groups, and it's like, how can I really impact them over the coming 12 months to 24 months and, and help them become better shooters? But the, probably the biggest thing you did there, Dave, was developing habits. So when you, we noticed the difference immediately, the first week after you had left, where in week one of the season, we walk into the gym for practice. Every kid is doing ABC shooting or isolation drill or, or whatever it might be, a variation of, of which. And that was on every rim in the gym. And that was an immediate difference. So it's like you do that for a year and they develop those habits. And that's probably what you saw the second time you walked in the gym. Right. The, the, the thing that I, I forgot about the coaches clinic, which I'm really glad we did. Um, to kind of set the stage for how the player clinic was going to going to work. And then what I think we did a really smart uh, and good job of is, is spending the first part of that first session with the players, identifying what each player was going to be working on. The, yep. the, the drills would be the same, but what each guy was focused on within the drill um, made it an individual drill for them. And, uh, and I think that's the kind of secret sauce that some people are missing. And I think you guys did an unbelievable job of just staying focused on that thing over the course of the next year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I sort of always go back to when, uh, you know, with that sort of stuff, with the athletes we have these days, their access to information is immediate, right? So the thing that I love that you did and, and it forced me to think about it more was, 
empower them with that information. So it's not just here's what you do, here's the drill you do. It's like, here's the drill you do, or here's the emphasis and here's why, you know, whether it's hand on the middle of the ball or hand under the, you know, whatever it might be, that's the most important thing because now there's buy-in, they have a deeper understanding of what they're doing and why, and, and that keeps them engaged in it for that 12 month period until you come back or we run another clinic or whatever it might be. Hmm. I really like that. Um, fellas, let's just take a super quick break and uh, we'll jump right back in in a few in a few seconds here. Hey, basketball fans, Coach Dave Love here with an exclusive offer just for you. My personalized video shot analysis. Imagine having an NBA shooting coach analyze your shooting form just like I do for the pros. That's exactly what you'll get with my video shot analysis. Here's how it works. You send me a video of your shot and I'll break it down frame by frame. I'll pinpoint your strengths and identify the areas of improvement and give you tailored advice to take your shot to the next level. You'll receive a comprehensive analysis designed just for you. Whether you're a beginner or an aspiring pro, my feedback will help you shoot with confidence and precision. It isn't just feedback, it's a game changer. With my video shot analysis, you're not just practicing, you're evolving and every single shot counts. Ready to transform your game? Visit CoachDaveLove.com slash store to learn more and get started. That's CoachDaveLove.com slash store and look for video shot analysis. All right. Welcome back. Awesome. So that's a really great description of uh, the kind of way you built on the initial visit to uh, to kind of empower your players and keep kind of growing. Um, so simple. The, the initial hook was you saw the words NBA shooting coach. Didn't really know what was attached to it. Like... From the time you planned it to the time Dave showed up, like, were you planning these clinics? Was this like, uh, you know, was this a full thing you're planning or just kind of like let Dave show up and roll the red carpet? What, what was your approach there? We, we did some, we had a few initial discussions, Dave, I think in terms of what the structure would be like and um, who we'd pitch it at and those sorts of things. But other than that, like I didn't know a whole lot other than the, the little bit I'd seen online or, or that I'd read. This is before he came, became big time. I, I, I think um, so. We got him early. On. We got him early on in the piece, but um, no, it kind of we we sort of apart from sort of asking him what would be the best setup in terms of having a you know younger kids because you got to remember in, in the high schools we're in it's it's seven to twelve, not nine to twelve. So we've got some really young kids who even use smaller basketballs. Um, so we had to kind of separate those a little bit and, and the numbers made sense too. We, you know, we wanted it, we wanted that sort of sweet spot between, you know, there's got to be enough individual sort of touch points. Um, but also we want enough kids to be able to access the program too. So there's a sweet spot there somewhere. And that was primarily a discussion we had. And then once I had seen Dave work and what he was doing, I was, I was all in on, on making it happen as a, an annual thing. Cool. I love that. I, I, I do want to ask just for my own clarification, like in your program from seven to seven to 12, like roughly how many coaches and were you sort of the director or are you coaching one of the individual squads? It's a really good question. Uh, so I was a director, but I also coached the, the, what you would know as the varsity team, my last hmm. couple of years, not at that time. I don't think I was coaching the varsity team. We, we actually had about at the time probably 50 teams in the school so it's a very different setup to to what you guys are used to 
five zero. Yes. <laughs> now, in saying that, it, it, that is the the. I guess that's sort of how sport is in in the private schools, especially. Um, every kid has to play sport um, one one game a week throughout the summer season and the winter season. So we would have half the school essentially playing basketball. I would say 90% of our coaches were teachers, but within that, within our program, we basically set up like a high performance stream. So it would be essentially the top 10 to 12 kids in every year group um, would have access to higher level coaching and things like that. And that's where Dave sort of came in because really the kids beneath that, not that we didn't want to put resources into it. it it's a lot harder to with that sort of volume, but they're just there to have fun and, and play. And, and we still gave them a great experience. And, and, you know, a lot of their stuff was game sense learning and those sorts of things when they practice. And really for us, we, we put a lot of coach education into the, the teachers themselves to provide a decent product. But um, Dave, really, we, we had him more focused on our, on our elite or high performance um, pathway. It's, Seppo, just because I think it's such a, a unique school uh, and, and part of the, the uniqueness is the location. Can you set the stage on where the where Shore School is? Yep. yep. So you, you quickly forget how beautiful the, the campus and the view is, but essentially it's sitting on the top of a hill um, in North Sydney. And as you walk towards the gym, you just get like a panoramic view of the entire city skyline with the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House and all that. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, sometimes you forget to look up and then other times when, when Dave comes to visit and you can sit in your, I think I, I was sitting in the lounge room one day with you and we had the window open and we were drinking, um, non-alcoholic beers. And, uh, and and looking out on onto the uh, sunset on the Sydney Harbour, so it was pretty nice. That w that was a perfect uh, afternoon. That we, if I remember, if, if it's the the afternoon that I'm thinking of, is the same one that you're speaking of. It was the uh, grand final for the AFL. Yep. And uh, and yeah, that every 18 seconds or so, I would look out the window just like. Look at this! Like it's it, this. The location of the school is where you would set up the camera if you were taking a photograph of the Sydney Harbour. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm floored by all of this. And Dave, going into this, had you done much research like about Shore? Did you know kind of where you were going, what you're walking into? Yeah, I, I had a beautiful moment where uh, I was like, I did a Google Maps search of okay, where is this? Where's a hotel that I can stay at nearby? And then clicked on the, the the school website, and I think there was just a banner that uh, they absolutely should have this photograph on their on their, uh, their web page to show like this is where we are, like we're in paradise. And uh, and so there there have been two moments where I've I've clicked on something and gone, okay, yeah, I'm absolutely doing this clinic. And Shore School is one of them, and Valencia, Spain, was the other where. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going there. So that's good, and then, company. that's good company. I like that. Yeah. So. Okay. So uh, actually, let's take a super quick break, fellas, and then I got another question line uh, coming in right after this. Hey there, basketball fans. I'm NBA shooting coach Dave Love, and I've got exciting news just for you. Introducing my exclusive free basketball shooting newsletter. 
is packed with insights and techniques straight from the hardwood. Have you ever wondered how NBA players improve their shots? Or how you could get to the next level whether you're a college player, a coach, or a budding youth player? My newsletter brings all this and more directly to your inbox. Each edition is a deep dive into the world of basketball shooting. I'll share some of the tips and ideas that I use with my NBA clients tailored for every level of the game. But wait, there's more. Subscribers receive exclusive monthly discounts on my online products. From training videos to personalized coaching sessions, you'll get it all for a fraction of the price. And the best part of all, it's absolutely free to join. So what are you waiting for? Elevate your game and join a community of passionate players and coaches from around the globe. Signing up is easy. Just visit CoachDaveLove.com. All right, welcome back. So, Seppo, give me a look at, so Dave comes, runs the clinics, everything is great. Give me a look at, like, your steps after the fact. So, are you just building on the things in the clinic? Are you sort of adding your own flavor to it? Like, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, look, it's it's really interesting. I think um, for us as coaches, always we're sort of looking to pick different things from different coaches that we like and agree with and everything. I, I think a lot of the stuff that Dave was doing was stuff that made sense to me and I was bought in on. And I think I probably speak for most of our, co most of our coaching staff um, th that they would have agreed. So for us, it was how can we implement this in our day to day? So we, the, the team practices regularly were in the afternoons. So after school, three to 5 p.m. Um, but in the mornings, we had access to the gym from about 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. And that's where we really started to like hone in on and develop the individual shooting um, skill. So we would have pretty much every morning, Monday through Friday throughout the year where kids could come in and the first 15 minutes was their time. Um, and it's the, like I said to you guys earlier in the podcast, it was kids were coming in. They were grabbing a basketball instead of going to half court and launching half court shots. They literally, and I'm not kidding. It was like from one week to the next, an immediate change of like, now we've got kids going doing isolation drill for five minutes. Then they're doing their ABC. Then they're doing whatever it might be next, you know? And I, I even, you know, the hands on shoulders stuff, we had kids doing that. And I'm like, oh my God, what have we done here? But it was great, you know? And, and it, it like, I know you, you said you noticed the difference, but, we went from a team now it's you know i would put most of it down to my coaching but maybe dave can take some credit we went from a team that you know didn't win a game in our first two years and then you know we won a, a, a two conference and one state title um by you know the last three years i was at the school um now that's obviously there's you know we need good athletes that are bought into the system but um you know we shot the ball better than anyone for the last two years we were there so I, I, I look, I put a lot of that down to the coaches being empowered and, and being able to direct the kids. But that that all sort of led from from Dave's clinic and advice and ongoing sort of input in what we did. Seppo, what what advice would you give to a coach logistically, like the, the, the setup of a shooting program uh, from somebody who's on been on the ground like i come in i do my thing for a couple of days i leave you're on the ground on a day-to-day -day basis what what smart logistical decisions did you make or were you forced into 
or maybe little mistakes that you made that you wish you had done differently from a logistical standpoint? When you mean logistics, do you mean the physical setup of what we're doing or just... Like how many players did you uh, like focus your attention on? How much time did you spend with those guys? Like yeah. those sorts of things. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, it, it, it varies. So we would have every coach... We had about eight coaching staff and they oversaw about the development of about four guys throughout the year. And, and predominantly this was off season stuff. So we, we were really good. We were well resourced. So we were lucky there that, you know, I've got my four athletes and I get to do one individual workout with them a week where we can really hone in and focus on, on, um, those particular things that we've identified they need to work on in the jump shot or, you know, one-on-one skill footwork, whatever it might be. Um, that's a really unique situation for us, you know, that, that, that amount of resource and stuff that we can pour into individual development. Um, with our younger guys, we would do groups of, we'd have maybe two or three coaches and groups of 16 to 20 kids. We were lucky in that top gym, the old gym now, we had eight rims. And that's just eight rims on one court. And that's just so invaluable. So there was obviously the two main hoops that we had side rims all the way through. So you could just get so much more volume in that way. And and we would, you know, like we kind of set it up as you did. We sort of mimicked that in terms of, um, you know, three or four kids per rim, coaches rotating around, little adjustments as we go, little bits of feedback as we go. And, and we really got a lot of volume in that way with our junior guys. What would I do differently? Um, it's a really good question that I haven't thought a lot about of. I, I feel like with what we had and the resources and stuff we had, we did a pretty good job with it. Um, you know, there's probably a little bit more individual attention we could have given the younger guys, but it, it really just depends on the resources available to you. We, we, we tried to put more into those kids that were sort of in the varsity and JV teams at the point and just try to set the younger kids up with some really good, um, you know, drills and things like that, 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 that would get, that would develop good habits from. So they probably didn't get as much individual attention as we would have liked. But what I did find was every time that you would come back, the, you know, all of those kids involved in the program wanted to come to that clinic to get Dave's feedback. You know what I mean? It becomes like mum and dad giving you coaching, whereas the NBA guy comes back and, and they want to hear what he's got to say. You know what I mean? That, that kind of leads me into a, a compliment, which I'll try and limit because I don't feel, I don't feel like we have that kind of relationship where we say nice things to each other. Uh, but, uh, um, your, your superpower seems to be, um, being able to have a, a, an authoritative presence in a fun uncle kind of way. Like the kids seem to love you to death, yet there was no question of, of, of respect and all your kids seem to know exactly where the line was. Uh, I can, I can have fun with coach up until this point and then it's time to go to work. Yep. And I, that's really nice. that. I appreciate that, Dave. I just glad you didn't call me the creepy uncle. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to resist making any kind of joke to that. <laughs> and we're just going to move, uh, move forward. Hey, there's uh, something what? about being able to take the piss that I don't know if it's right or not, but uh, this might be a good situation for it. Yeah, the, Seppo, explain 
again, because I always get that expression wrong. We never say that in, in North America. Taking the, if I'm being teased, I'm. Yes. No. I'm taking the piss. No, if, I, I, if I'm teasing you, I'm taking the piss. <laughs> Let's get that wrong. Yeah. And it, it's weird when I get it wrong because people just, like, it's, it's a weird. Anyways, I feel like the, this, the second lap of this, this uh, uh, explanation that we, I probably shouldn't have had the first lap in the first place. It's like episode two or episode three, and he tried to make the reference, and I was like, you're out here on the limb on your own, buddy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, the, uh, let's, let's take one more break uh, and, and then keep this going. Thanks, fellas. Hey there, basketball fans. Coach Dave Love here with an exciting opportunity to revolutionize your shooting game. Introducing my exclusive shot development systems, pure release, consistency and balance, and fluidity and arc. Each system is designed to target key aspects of your shooting technique, transforming you into a more effective player on the court. Pure Release focuses on perfecting your shot release. Consistency and balance enhances your stability and accuracy, and fluidity and arc works on your ball path and trajectory of your shot. Find out the drills and progressions that I use with my NBA players to improve these important habits. Can't decide which one to choose? No worries, grab the bundle and get all three systems at a fantastic value. It's a complete package to elevate every part of your shooting game. And there's a special deal for all my podcast listeners. Use the promo code PODCAST20 at checkout to save 20% on any of the shot development systems. Don't miss this chance to train like the pros. Visit CoachDaveLove.com slash store and take your first step towards shooting success. That's CoachDaveLove.com slash store. Awesome. All right. Welcome back here. So, Seppo, I, I see you wearing your Asa golf shirt. Can you give us a peek at kind of what you're doing now with Asa, what that looks like? And just Yeah, yeah look, yeah. Um, the biggest part of our of my role now is is really sort of talent ID. So we 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 identify the best Australian kids um, that that we think have a chance to play at the, at the college level, boys and girls. Um, and we basically, from kind of September October, we, we we set them up with all the resources they need to access college hoops. So it's everything from here's the classes you need to be taking because high school for us is a little different where have access to different courses, high school seven to 12 instead of nine to 12. So just educating the athletes and the families on what that pathway looks like. Um, and then really it, it sort of all ends in July where we have big trips to the US every year. So we take the kids over to play in, in good AAU tournaments. Um, we got a lot of coaches that, that love to recruit from Australia. So they're always there and, and we try to pick up some new ones along the way. So just trying to connect, yeah, our elite level athletes with, um, with the best schools, with the best fits really. And that, that's, that's the biggest challenge is finding somewhere that, you know, my, my thing is, Hey, go somewhere that you're going to have an opportunity to play. You may think you're a division one athlete, but the way the game is played now, the way that with the portal and, and all that sort of stuff, you can go to a division two 
and play a lot and then transfer up if you're good enough. So for us, it's go somewhere you're going to be comfortable and play. And, and um, you know, we've got some kids. We, we actually have four kids right now at West Texas A&M in Division Two, and they're number one in the country. They're actually 20 and one, and they're doing a great job. Um, so just trying to keep tabs on those guys as well. So luckily for me, I get to be at all the national championships and, and you know, work with guys at Basketball Australia and all the state bodies and, and try to make sure that we're across all those kids and provide them with a platform um, to really have success at the next level. Simple. That's very cool. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, Simple, can you describe for the North Americans? Because I, I think this uh, this makes Australia very unique, and it's why a, a country with a such a small population is, is doing so well within basketball. Uh, can you describe the um, the the pathway? So, like, how how do kids in from the age of nine, how do they progress through um, their associations in the state program? Can you explain all that to, to people? Yeah. So I'll, I'll go through that sort of the, the, the main pathway um, would be the, the club representative pathway. So essentially from the age of nine, what you're doing is there's, there's I don't know, 30 to 40 big clubs in the Sydney metro area there's a bunch of clubs in the country area and clubs is just, you know, so for, for example, my local club is North's and they oversee a certain, um, you know, geographical area. Um, and you, you play in a, what is kind of a domestic league initially. So learn to play mini ball, we call it. Um, by the time you get to under 12, so you're about 10, 11 years old, you're trying out for what they call representative teams to play for your club against other clubs in the Sydney area. Um, so once you're in that representative pathway, it's, it's juniors under 12s through to under 18s. By the time you get to under 16s and under 18s, they then pick another representative team, which is a state representative team. So you might make the New South Wales under 16 team. New South Wales is the state that Sydney's in. From the under 16, so you make the New South Wales team, then you get to play at a national championships against all of the other states, Queensland, Tasmania, Victoria, South Australia, and so on. Um, and that's where they'll pick national teams from. So under 16s, under 18s, and I've just got back two days ago from the under 20 national championships, which was in Ballarat down in Victoria. Um, that's where coaches will then, you know, one of my good buddies is the under 19s coach for, um, Australia, and he'll be there evaluating those guys and, and trying to figure out who is going to take over to the Asia cup at the end of the year. So that's in a real snapshot, the pathway, there are others, you know, we do have like the schools as Dave can sort of attest to are really well resourced, especially the private schools, um, on the, on the really in all the major cities are really well resourced and they also have access to, to pathways, not as common or probably not as well known, but um, still a really high level pathway for our kids too. And, and some of these associations are, are tens of thousands of like, you'll, you'll have 12,000 kids playing yep. in some of the larger associations, yep. like, and not, not, not like one that has 12,000 kids. There's a few. In Victoria especially, there are some monstrous clubs. Like there are clubs that, uh, you know, even just their home court, they've got a 15 to 20 court facilities. And they will fill those every night. Like with domestic league, they will fill them every night from, 
5 p.m. to 11 p.m. There's games and it's, yeah, it's huge, huge, uh, especially Victoria is probably the, the, the flagship in terms of, um, you know, access to facilities, size, those sorts of things. So, yeah. Seth, well, I'm, I'm absolutely floored by that. And I, before I forget, we, we probably should connect. I, I worked for a tournament here in Canada. We had the, the Czech U19 team come through for a prep school tournament. We should, we should, we should talk if you're trying to come to Canada, but uh, um, can you like, <laughs> how is what I want to say, but like, how do you entice kids to get into the game that early and in such numbers? I mean, in Canada, we are a hockey driven nation, although basketball has come a long way in the last, you know, five, 10, 15 years, but is basketball the number one sport in Australia? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just so floored by that number. Uh, <laughs> It's a really good, like, it's a really good question. I would say it's a close second to soccer um, in terms of, of uh, grassroots stuff. But, you know, I mean, like, it, there's a lot of very, there's a lot of factors. Everyone now knows the NBA. It's so accessible. 20 years ago, you had to go get a newspaper to get the last week's results. Now it's like kids are watching it on their iPads at school and Every kid, even the non-basketball kids have access to the NBA and the NBA is, you know, it's on TikTok and it's on Instagram. So it's all just there and there. It's so accessible. So that that, that helps big time. Um, the other thing that helps is when parents are picking sports, it's like, hey, do I want the fast pace up and down thing where my kid gets to touch the ball more and, and move a lot and it's done in 40 minutes? Or do I want him to play cricket and sit out on a, on a grass pitch for six hours and maybe never touch the ball, you know, and it's, and that's the reality is, you know, and, and, and then you compare it to sports like rugby where, you know, the head injuries and things are coming in. So really with, and, and it's going to come through a generational thing. Now we're starting to get um, kids of parents who have actually played basketball, which is really uncommon here. You know, I, I, I like, I'm probably the first generation of, of guys that, you know, our kids, our kids, like all their parents will have played. So it's, um, I think it's only going to continue to sort of snowball that way, if I'm honest. Is, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, Seppo, can we, can we spend the last 10 minutes here just kind of talking about, okay, if you're a high school coach listening to this, or if you're a youth coach listening to, to this, how would how would what kind of steps would you would you take in um, in setting up kind of a shooting program similar to what we did? Let's imagine that uh, like I would I would love to be involved with as many of these as, as I can. It's going to be tough, but let's imagine that it's 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 not me coming in for a clinic necessarily in the beginning. How would what would be the first step that you would take? It's the the, the season ended last week. Yeah. What do these people do first, do you think? Look, I, I think, again, you sort of got to identify like who, who you are. You know, ours came, you know, me engaging you, I guess, came out of necessity almost. It's like, hey, shooting's important. We're not going to compete in other facets of the game. This is a point of difference for us that's, that's going to be important for us to have success moving forward. Second thing is you got to be really sort of hungry as a coach to access information and learn. So for me, being able to spend time with you and whether it's, you know, on the court, 
watching you work, whether you're presenting to me in a clinic or watching you interact and engage with your athletes, or it's just sitting, having a beer with you, eating Brazilian barbecue and just picking your brain about stuff. And I know we laugh about it and, and all that, but it, that was, that's almost the most valuable stuff is just having those really sort of informal conversations. Um, and I'm picking up things. I go, yeah, you know what? I agree with that. Or maybe not, but it's, it's forcing me to think and learn and develop. So selfishly as a coach, like that to me is the most important thing because now I'm empowered to go and work with my athletes and grow and develop them. But I think you need to be challenged by somebody like, and I think you do a great job of it because you know, you have, your thoughts and how you want to present the shooting stuff. And, and you're, you're happy to have open conversations about um, why you think that and why you do what you do. Um, I, I think finding a way to have you directly engage with the athletes is, is important. Now, whether that's physical on the, you know, face to face, or there were some awesome things you guys did where we were filming kids shoot the ball sending it to you you were annotating it and voiceovers and sending it back and that was i actually presented that to our entire staff um on a staff development day and people were blown away with just the, the level of professionalism and just the you know we come back to the whole use of it um in the schools these days and it's just huge it's it, you know and it's it's such an important thing and it's not going to go away so how can we use it best to help develop our athletes. And it's, it's a medium they're comfortable on Dave. And that, that's the, that's the end thing. It's like, you know, I could sit there and do stuff with a kid, but, but they're almost more engaged if I'm sending them a video and they get to watch it on their phone. And we, we, we really tried to sort of gear a lot of the stuff we did towards that a little bit. You know, we want to, we want to make things um, accessible for our athletes. And I feel like, you know, at volume, that's going to be a really helpful way to sort of be able to have that personal touch with, with athletes you're working with at the schools. Uh, what I think we did really well in the early stages was identifying for each guy, uh, each player, what, what are they going to be focused on this season? Yep. And then through that, that two days that we had together, that was really kind of using the kids as a coach's clinic for you guys, for your, you and your staff to say, like, here's how I'd work on those skills over the next several months. Mm -hmm. And then I always kind of assume that it's, it's going to be, I leave and then the coaches go, just go back to whatever they were doing before. And with you guys, it was clear you didn't, you, you bought into a large portion of what we talked about uh, to, to continue to, to actually work on those habits for those kids. How, uh, how hard would it be? Do you think like you have that unique situation where you have a lot of resources um, or you had a lot of resources with sure. Uh, is there anything that you would tweak if you're a, uh, if you're a coach of a high school and you've got you and your assistant coach and 12 players, versus the number of coaches that you guys had? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I guess you have to, you know, we, uh, like the luxury we had is we had time, we had resources. Whereas, as you know, a lot of these coaches are time poor and resource poor. So it's like, what can you, 
I, I, how, how can you best use the time you've got available to you? Or, or how can you give the kids the tools um, to do it on their own? And I think that comes down to kind of empowering them with the information they need. And like, you know, in, it, I could probably run a shooting session with 12 guys right now. Now they're not going to get the full on one-on-one individual attention, but if they've identified what they need to be working on, if I've given them the tools to have an understanding about that, and then we go through, you know, the five or six drills or whatever it might be that, that we're doing in the, in the lead up to our practice, um, I can go around and tweak and give little sound bites and bits of information that when we're required, you know, so I, I would feel comfortable with that now, but that, that really only comes from me spending enough time with you and also getting a really deeper understanding about what I'm, what am I looking for? Um, and how can I isolate that or, or like, I guess that particular, um, part of the shot or how can I, um, best, communicate that with the athlete what what do you feel like is your biggest improvement as a as a uh, uh, a teacher of shooting or a shooting coach where do you think your biggest area of growth has been in the last like, 10 years honestly I think it's it's the same as an, an a, same as the same answer will be for shooting coach as for a regular coach and it's as coaches we we want to have all the answers and we want to give them all the answers. But I think I've grown in terms of my ability to just go, okay, what is the most obvious thing that needs to be addressed here? And let's just take baby steps. So instead of going, it's this, it's that, you know, in a timeout, and we've all been guilty of it, I'll give them seven bits of information, none of them sink in. And then I'm wondering why we can't execute our baseline inbounds play. I've just told them seven things completely do like it makes no sense so reflecting on it you're like okay i've got you know there's a girl i'm working with lucy right now who you know we, we looked at her shot and you identify what is the biggest and and that's what i love with with the job i have now i i can work with some of the top athletes and and i i make sure that i get time to hone my craft as an individual shooting coach when i can so with lucy it was like okay the feet are messed up there's a few other things going on but all we've ever spoken about, all I've even really looked at is the feet. And, and that is like, and then once that becomes habit and it's done, then we can address the next most important thing. And I think that's my biggest, you know, sort of take the ego out of it and just little baby steps, you know, and I think it, it really makes a big difference long-term. I really like that. It, it really hits the, two pieces there it really hits the through line of what we're trying to do which is empowering players to kind of be able to to be their own be their own coaches and, and everything else but what you're talking about from a developmental standpoint like you are you are growing and you are focusing on i really enjoy how you worded that i'm sorry i don't want to get lost in the in the commenting here but i just i really enjoyed how you how you uh how you went through that I appreciate um, we're creeping up on the 50 minute mark here, gents. Um, is there anything, Coach Dave, that you wanted to hit before we kind of hit our outro? This has been a delight and I feel like we could sit over some waters and have a long, long conversation, but just in the next like five or six minutes, something you want to touch on here. Yeah, the, the biggest one is, okay, we've been sitting at Brazilian barbecue for, for uh, 90 minutes. We're, we're well past that tipping point. 
We've had a couple of beverages. We do not w- need to eat anymore for a few more days. What is the one item that they will bring around where you're like, ah, oh, should be done, but I got to say yes to this. You can always have pineapple. That's a, that's a, that's, you can always have, but that doesn't count to me. I, that, think I, 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 I was, I was in support of your answer, but then I also wanted to, yeah. I, think, I think it's the fried halloumi or the lamb ribs. It's one of those two things. It's just, it's game over. Halloumi is a solid choice. I'm going anything bacon wrapped as well. Like like onion steak, make a big one. No, I like that. Can't go awesome. wrong. Awesome. Uh, fellas, this has been great. Seppo, I look forward to kind of getting to know you a little better. Um, in the follow-up to this, Seppo, if the people want to find you and connect with you, where can they find you on the internet? Probably the best place is Twitter, if I'm honest, or X, they call it now. I still can't get used to that. It. it sometimes I can't find it on my phone. Like I'm still in the Twitter thing. So um, Coach Seppo on Twitter. Um, and, and very happy to, to engage with anyone that wants to talk about what we did. You know, I, I, I still am heavily involved in Shaw. I actually coached one of their teams a couple of weekends ago in a tournament, one of the junior teams that was fun, like just loved it. And, and, and always, you know, I, I pop into games and still work really closely with Will, who's now head coaching Dave, which yeah. is awesome. Love it. Um, so yeah, still heavily involved there. If people want to discuss, you know, any of that stuff or, any of what we're doing now or just in general chat. Yeah. Twitter is probably the best place. Very just cool. be careful, everybody that uh, I, I'm sure it's clear by now, but Seppo is an asshole. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I, because of that, I might have to put an explicit. It's actually in my Twitter bio, Dave. So don't worry about it. <laughs> well, how, how did we, I, I wore the, especially for you. I didn't have any shore gear left. No, but, I like uh, that. I had to, the, for the people listening to the podcast, I'm wearing a Basketball New South Wales uh, t-shirt to, to represent. Love it. Um, for Coach Dave Love, if the people have interest in doing what you did with Shore, where can they track you down? Where's the best place to reach you? Yeah, uh, Twitter, Instagram are probably the uh, the best ways, uh, at Coach Dave Love, or uh you can go to coachdavelove.com and sign up for my newsletter and uh, and just reply to any of the uh, the emails there. What uh, what kind of time do you have right now uh, to do projects like this? <laughs> Limited, but if if a couple of people in the same area are curious about doing something, that makes it a lot easier. It's it's easier to go to to two spots for a couple of days each for a total of four days than just kind of one spot but it, you never know like if it's phoenix arizona and it's the middle of winter then uh, <laughs> becomes an easier case to make uh as always uh, appreciate the community if you do want to engage please reach out if you have any questions for seppo or coach dave reach out those are part of the part of the brand and part of the community we're trying to build is coaches helping coaches and coaches connecting with coaches so seppo awesome to meet you really appreciate your time um, looking forward to the next one, whether it's online in person, uh, in Australia or Canada, but, uh, looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate Thanks. it, guys. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Coach Dave Love Podcast. To stay up to date with our future episodes, please remember to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to sign up for Coach Love's free shooting newsletter on CoachDaveLove.com. And be sure to follow him on social media. 
You can find him at Coach Dave Love.